Discover the secret sauce my guest has used to create a successful business selling products that are available from many other retailers. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you tuning in again. In today's episode, I'm chatting with a listener, yes, someone like you, um, who got in contact to tell her story here on the podcast. Now, she's built a super successful business selling products that aren't unique to her business. You know, the ones where you can find them in all kinds of other stores on the high street, online and on the marketplaces too. Now, she's found the way to make sure her business stands out from the crowd and keeps her customers coming back to her for those products again and again. And it's not discounting. So, she's going to be sharing how she's done it with all of us straight after we check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS marketing platform that helps you send messages like an e-commerce expert, even if you're just getting started. Create your free account at klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. I am Alexandria Collis, Director of Customer Experience for Princess Polly. Our demographic is Gen Z, and this is the I expect a response now. I call them the now customer. Our CX teams engage across every single channel. It is very important that we meet our customers where they are, and Gorgeous allows us the opportunity to be efficient with all of these channels located in one place. If you're interested in learning more about Gorgeous, go to gorgeous.com and mention podcast for two months free. And now to introduce today's special guest. Beck Slack is the owner of Clever Stuff Educational Toys. Founded in 2010, Beck and her husband took over the business in 2015, and they're now selling over a million dollars of toys every year. Hello, Beck. Hi, Chloe. It's great to have you here. It's always nice to have an Australian guest on the podcast. So um, so thank you for, for freeing up the time to fit in the time zones to manage to make this happen. Thanks for having me. Um, Now, I've just given the listeners like a super quick overview of where you're at, but how did you end up in this world of e-commerce? I ended up in e-commerce absolutely by accident. I was on leave after having my son, who's now eight, and I was planning his first birthday party and we were looking for an activity to do with him and his friends at his first birthday party. There wasn't too much out there for one-year-olds. And so my husband and I started to investigate what we saw as a gap in the market. And while doing research for that, we actually came across Clever Stuff. And the previous owners were looking for a change. They wanted to get out of the business. And so we decided, let's give it a crack. Let's let's give it a, a Beck and Nate touch. <laughs> so it was, it was literally you, you stumbled across this opportunity and went, let's go for it. 100%. We, uh, it was actually our insurance broker. We were looking at getting insurance for the other business and he was the insurance broker for Clever Stuff. And he said, I can see this working. I can see you guys taking this on and making it your own. So my mum always jokes that we bought our son a toy store for his second birthday. <laughs> what, what an amazing gift. I suspect he's been making use of those toys ever since. He has. We haven't topped it yet. 
<laughs> well, let's set the scene of, of telling people a little bit more about your business. So uh, where in the world are you and where are you selling to? We're in Sydney and we sell to Australia. We sell to parents, grandparents, and anyone that has children in their lives, as well as daycares, childcare centres, and family daycares. So you're mixing a bit of B2C, so business to consumer, and a little bit of B2B selling to those nurseries as well. Correct. We definitely do a lot more B2C. However, the previous owners were much more B2B. And are you managing to fulfill both of those through the same website or have you got to run separate kind of operations for those? We do have them both through the same website. We did trial it separately, but inventory management was just far too difficult to maintain. And part of our business is quick dispatch. We only sell what's on our shelf and um, complete transparency. We don't like leaving orders wait for weeks before they get shipped out. So we've moved everything together and we haven't really seen any problems with that. Nice. Life is a lot simpler when you're only selling what's already on the shelves. It's a whole load of stuff just doesn't have to be done, does it? Yeah. Okay. So tell us a bit more about the product. We know it's educational toys, but what does that, what does that look like for you? So for us, uh, we focus on children from zero years of age through to around six. However, I'm 33 and I still have fun with all of our toys. So there's definitely no upper age limit. Everything is educational. Nothing has batteries. We're definitely old school. So we get a lot of comments from grandparents saying, oh, I remember buying my son his first train set and now I'm buying my grandson his first train set. So it's those traditional style toys, but we try and find things with a bit of a modern twist where we can. And um, what platform are you selling on? Is it a Shopify, a Magento or something bespoke? We're on Shopify. Ah, nice. So given you're on Shopify, you must have some kind of key widgets or plugins that you love and adore. Do you fancy sharing some? I would love to. Uh, funny that we actually use an app that we call Preorderly. <laughs> so we do sell things on pre-order, which uh, is part of that though, is it's very open communication. We only sell things on that are on their way to us already. However, it does allow people to combine their dream wish list. If we know it's on our on its way into our warehouse, we do accept orders for it, but it's open communication. I also use Stamped.io for our reviews because, again, that's all automated. I love the fact we can have widgets on our homepage showing individual product reviews and our email marketing system is our other one. And which email marketing system are you using? We use a system called Contact Pigeon. It's uh, not very well known, but I absolutely adore it. It's often the way, isn't it, with an email system is if it's one that works for you, it doesn't actually matter how many other people are using it. It's It does what we need it to do and we like using it. I kind of like the secrecy. I feel exclusive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your 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 little secret. Uh, but unfortunately it's out now, so less Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> less alone for the for a little while. Um and how many of you are there in the team now? In the warehouse, it's just me and my husband Nate doing the day-to-day business running. We do have a marketing team that we use for our ads. Uh, both Facebook, Google, and we're moving into SEO with that same digital marketing team. Uh, we also have a, a bookkeeper and, a, and an accountant that we use. Uh, and then we do have other people come in and do ad hoc jobs for us from time to time. So day to day, you're doing kind of the buying, the merchandising, running the website, 
the social media and customer services and all those areas between the two of you? Yes, I do most of the the customer service ordering and social media and Nate does all the warehousing, packing, distributing. So we have very defined roles. And I was going to say, how is it working with one's husband? Because I can't imagine anything worse than trying to work with my partner. Um, so how do you how do you make it work? I, we, we really like each other, um, we, <laughs> which sounds really odd, but I think at the end of the day, we both have very defined roles. We both respect each other's opinion. We're very collaborative and my strengths are typically his weakness. I'm definitely much better at product descriptions, writing engaging social media, but when it comes to organisation and um, the actual day-to-day running of things, Nate is so much better at all of that kind of stuff than me. So we complement each other, which is, it's really nice. Excellent. And what led you to decide to outsource the elements you've outsourced? So the, uh, the ads and then the SEO? Uh, for the ads, it just changes so rapidly. Uh, I just felt like I was constantly trying to learn the new algorithm update, what was coming next. There's always something that's going to be slightly different and just keeping up to date with all the changes was becoming unmanageable, let alone actually going in, looking at the data, making decisions. Um, That's definitely not one of my strengths. Uh, And also part of it comes down to, I get nervous spending my own money on ads. I am being able to handle, hand over the reins to someone else and just say to them, I trust you. uh, It was actually easier for me to do that than it was to click on that, increase the budget by 10% myself. That's such that's a point that so often gets overlooked. It can be really, I sometimes have this when I'm looking at my ads going, hmm, 100 quid on the ads, which may or may not work, or 100 quid in the bank. And it's, it's quite hard sometimes, isn't it, to actively spend the cash? Oh, 100%. I think that our team, I'm very lucky, they, I trust them. I think if you don't have trust in your team, then you're doing something wrong to start with. And because I trust them, they can look at it objectively, whereas I look at it and I think, oh, that's my money. That's disappearing. <laughs> they look at it and go, well, that money's gone for the time being, but it will come back, which is much easier to look at from a distance than when it's your own. Yeah, so, so, so true. Um, so you do something which I think a lot of e-commerce businesses and retailers struggle with these days, which is you're selling products that are available elsewhere but yet, given your turnover numbers, given you know how long you've been around, you are very successful at getting people to decide to buy it from you rather than from other people. So what's the what do you think makes that work for you? That is a really great question. I think it comes down to our customer service, which comes across in many different ways. So one of the main ways is that I trust in our products. I love our products. I, I'm very proud of our products. We are the face of our business. If you call the warehouse, you'll get myself or you'll get Nate. If you jump on one of our Instagram posts, you'll see us. Our customer service, I think, is the thing that takes us above. You're not just another faceless person to us. Um, I've built up relationships over the last six years with a lot of our customers and I feel like I'm watching their children and grandchildren grow up because we get emails saying little Timmy's just learned how to ride on the balance bike, which is fantastic. I feel really, really thankful that we can be a part of all these children 
in their early education journey. And um, we're building connections not only between us and the customer, but also the customers within their own families. So it's about bringing it all back to human connection, even though social media, everyone's just through a screen, which I think over the last 12, 18 months, everyone is just seeing everyone else through screen. So being able to bring a bit of connection into the world, that's something that we do and we're very proud of doing. There's a lot of businesses trying to build that connection to the customer, you know, and doing it with Facebook groups or VIP programs and and lots of kind of quite complex ways. But it sounds like you've you've drilled it down to the simplest form of just being there for the customers and creating a brilliant product range at the same time. Yeah, and I also think part of it is accountability. Things are going to go wrong. An order, we we might pick the wrong thing. We might accidentally the, the courier sent it to the wrong address, things can go wrong. And it's us taking accountability and saying, I'm so sorry that happened. Let's see what we can do. Let's get it fixed. Let's get this sorted together. So we definitely pride ourselves on being a business that is more of a friend than a company. I love that. We're your friend. It kind of, it makes you make the right decisions, I suppose. And you, you've already mentioned how it goes from the products that you choose to sell right the way through to how you deal with a problematic order. It's like, would I recommend this to my best mate? Almost seems to be the theme that runs through it all. Oh, definitely. We get a lot of word of mouth. And at the end of the day, we're we're very lucky. We we sell toys. It's fun. We get to be Santa every day of the year. So it's great. And for and as I said, a lot of people are trying to create that better connection with the customer. So where do you think people should start who are trying to achieve this? I think pick a channel. I think um, sometimes, especially when we're starting, people get told you have to be on LinkedIn, you have to be on Instagram, you have to be doing lives three times a day. But pick something that you enjoy personally because if you enjoy it, you're going to be more inclined to do it and you're probably going to do it better because you probably understand it a little bit better. Know where your audience is hanging out and talk to them. Um, We're quite... We're quite specific in our language that we use. Uh, We're an educational toy store. We have boutique brands and the way that we speak to our customers, the way that we write our product descriptions all has a tone of voice. So when you read something, you can see it's from us. So it's definitely putting that tone of voice through everything. So you're not taking the manufacturer's product description. It's something you're taking the time to write. So as it obviously sounds like it comes from you because you're the one writing it. Exactly. We um, we take the time, we play with the toys, we we test them out. There's only so much you can show in a photo. So we really do use the words to paint a picture of all the things that your child's going to learn. How does it feel when you're playing with it? Look at the excitement in their eyes as they learn how to put the puzzle together. It's a really great product to be able to, to describe the feeling at the other end, which I think gives people a sense that they know us, which leads into our, our connection that we're building with people. And you said about picking one channel to really go for. Which one have you picked? Which which channel on, on the social media front are you using the most to connect with your customers? I use Facebook because I enjoy Facebook myself the most. It's where we've got our biggest following. I think we're reaching 50 or 60,000 followers on Facebook now. I am trying my hardest to get on Instagram. I just, I'm not a pretty Instagram person. I, I can't, I don't have this perfectly curated feed and so I get a bit of imposter syndrome, but yeah, Facebook's my my go-to. Yeah, Instagram can be um, can be a hard one to wrap one's head around. 
For those of you who follow us on Instagram, at the point where we're recording this, I know I've been terrible on Instagram of late. Uh, hopefully by the time you're listening, I'll have got better, but feel free to grade me and send me tips because um, it's one I, I really struggle with. So on, on Facebook, we hear a lot about how you only get visibility if you are paying for visibility. So are you managing to create engagement on those page posts without having to pay for it to an extent? Yes. In saying that, I do keep, again, everything in our tone, everything in our on our Facebook page meets our message. You'll never see me posting pictures of cars or recipes, for example. Everything is about parenting. Everything is about early education. We share tips. We share little songs. Um, we share product reviews. We share how to build some of the toys we do share silly little memes and other things just to boost engagement because I do think it's a bit of that jab, jab, right hook situation. We would never just post product image after product image or just constantly asking for a sale. We do try and bring some entertainment. We try and bring some value. But every time, even if it is a, a silly meme, even if it is a silly picture, it's always related back to parenting to make sure that our audience is staying within our audience. Yeah, because sometimes you do have to just do those. Not, I suppose clickbait isn't quite the right term for it, but those those posts that you know are going to generate the engagement so that it ups you in the algorithm for the next few posts that come afterwards. Exactly. And also um, with the Facebook ads being able to target people and friends of people who have engaged with your posts, I think it's very important to make sure that even your organic posts have to stay on brand. They have to still speak to your audience. It doesn't matter if it gets a million likes or shares if it's not talking to your audience. So true. Yeah, there's there's the the kind of the clickbaity, but it's still got to be, you know, you're, you're never going to put up a post which is 10 haunted houses you must see, you know, <laughs> if I go for really generic-y clickbait. I would love to, but no, I won't. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe 10 haunted houses to take your toddler to. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Perfect. Chloe, come and write for us. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, think I've just proved I should not be writing for you. Um, with <laughs> With all the bits and pieces that are going on in the business, Beck, what's the what's the thing that gets you most excited about the business at the moment? I think for me at the moment, it's all the opportunities. Um, we've always kind of focused on wooden. Everything's wooden. We're very old school. We're currently starting to branch out to do some art and crafts, which I'm really excited for. I think there's a massive opportunity, not only for business growth, but just for more entertainment for the children. I'm also really excited for our organic growth. We've never really pushed SEO very hard and um, we've, we're starting to invest in that a lot more and we're already starting to see the results of that. So I'm really excited to see where it is, where we're headed over the next 6, 12, 10 years. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. 
Ready to turn your small e-commerce business into the next big thing? Klaviyo can help. It's the easy to use email and SMS platform that gives you everything you need to build genuine relationships with your customers. And even if you're new to marketing, Klaviyo can help you become an email expert with drag and drop design templates, simple insights and made for e-commerce reports and recommendations. Give it a try today with a free account at klaviyo.com masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. I am Alexandria Collis, Director of Customer Experience for Princess Polly. Since implementing Gorgeous within a short month, we saw a 40% increase in our agent's productivity. If you're interested in learning more about Gorgeous, go to gorgeous.com and mention podcast for two months free. It's time, it's time. for the Top Tips Round. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Beck, you ready for these? Sure am. Okay, first up then, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I'm going to go off track a little bit here. I'm a mum of two that owns a small business. I don't have time to read books. Um, I listen to podcasts and I would obviously start with the e-commerce master plan, but I would also recommend people take a break and listen to the Ed Milet show. He gives great all-round advice and a bit of optimism by Simon Sinek. Excellent. Always love a podcast recommendation. So uh, so thanks for twisting this, this answer a little bit. Much appreciated. <laughs> Um, and the traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I think for me, it's Facebook, but I think no matter what platform and area that you choose, it's consistency is key. Always speak to your audience and give anything a go. You, as long as you think your audience is hanging out there, give it a go, check the metrics. And if it's all looking like they're responding to you, keep doing it. Brilliant, brilliant answer. Okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? We use Canva daily. My husband has been making videos. We do all of our product retouching on Canva. And my other top tip would be to use an email automation system. If you can send out welcome emails, thank you for your audit emails, and then follow up review emails, if you can set those all to a schedule, it will change the way your business runs. Another two awesome tips. Thank you very much, Beck. I can see, I can always tell when someone listens to the show when they're answering these top tips because it's just bang, 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 which is awesome. Okay. Uh, the, the last one then, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from a hundred orders per month to 1000, what would be your number one tip for them? My tip is that if you've made it to 100 orders, there is absolutely no doubt you can make it to a thousand. And I want everyone to remember there is no such thing as an overnight success, that the most important parts are that you have patience, you persist, and more than that, you know your numbers. I love it. So many people are like, I need it now. I need it now. And if you know the numbers, you follow the numbers and you stay patient, it will come. It really, really will. Beck, uh, before we say goodbye, um, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? 
Yeah, so our website is cleverstuff, C-L-E-V-E-R-S-T-U-F-F dot com dot A-U. And on socials, Facebook and Instagram, we are Cleverstuff. Simple as that. The same name everywhere. Nice work. Well, look, back. thank you so much for being on the e-commerce masterplan podcast today. It's been lovely hanging out with you, a listener, right here on the show. Um, and thank you so much for sharing so many um, tidbits of advice with us all. It's been, uh, it's been brilliant. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Chloe. This has been great. Such brilliant, concise, to-the-point advice from Beck there. I love those various tips she was giving us. And also, it's quite clear that the key thing that runs through the business and why they've been so successful is it's all about delivering exactly what they said they will to the customer. Whether it's curating and finding the right products to help those young kids um, have educational playtime or whether it's writing the copy to make the customer be able to buy with confidence, whether it's sharing content on social media that creates that connection with their core customer, or having very long phone calls on the customer service side of things to really help them and and be there on that journey with them. We talk a lot about building that customer connection. And I think what Beck and Nate have done at Clever Stuff is they've created that real, true customer connection And that is something which, you know, there are no shortcuts to doing it properly. Um, You can't just put in place a VIP program and think you've solved it or create a Facebook group. You've really got to commit because it takes time to build it up. I thought one of the other things which we didn't get into, which I think is worth mentioning as maybe a side plot is they've got to $1 million seven-figure turnover by focusing on customer communications email marketing, social media, and ads. That's all they've done. Now they're starting to work on SEO. So if you feel sometimes like you're overwhelmed by the huge volume of marketing channels you're trying to cope with, take Beck's advice across more than just social media and go, where where should we focus? Which channel do we want to nail to get it right and then diversify? Obviously, there's a risk to only going for one channel, but sometimes the potential is quite huge when you get that one right. And just, you know, I think focus, focus is probably the word I'm going to take from this. Focus on what your core message is, what it is you're bringing your customers, focus on your marketing channels and build the business that way. Now you can get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips links to what we've mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other many things I share to help you improve your business. Thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners to succeed and thrive with their businesses. So if you know someone this show can help, please ask them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.